How many funerals have you been to? Well, I've been to more than 100. I've called Barrett about 13, 14 times. I've done 11 eulogies. Then my grandmother used to teach me a culture underneath the tree. And uh, my great-grandmother said, that boy is going to become a doctor. I didn't think achieving that, I guess, doctor status was at all possible because no one in my family actually even went to university. When people say you can't do things or, um, you know, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough, that pushes you to that next level sometimes to, to not only prove them wrong, to, but to prove yourself wrong. How do you define impossible? Is it something that can't happen or just something that hasn't happened yet? For a First Nations kid from Mount Isa, so many things were stamped impossible like family members who go into the hospital ever coming back out, or a Kalkadoon Wanyi and Gunglita boy having a medical career. I'm Mary Bolling and this is CQ University's How to Change a Life. This episode that we're releasing on National Closing the Gap Day, we hear from the front line of improving Indigenous health and lives and what happens when healthcare shifts focus from health data to real people. In the spirit of reconciliation, CQ University recognises this episode was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Kalkadoon people in northwest Queensland and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay respects to elders past and present and their life-changing connection to country and culture. Hello, I'm Dr Majid Page. I'm a Christian and I'm from Kalkadoon, Kwanyi Kangalita tribes of northwest Queensland. Today I'm talking to everyone from Kalkadoon country, um, that's Mount Isa. For more than a decade, since graduating as a medical doctor in the rural generalist pathway, Majid has been working with Indigenous patients in hospitals and communities across Queensland. That's despite growing up with a real fear of hospitals and the threat they represented to First Nations people. I remember sitting at the front of the hospital um, and I remember aunties and uncles going in and never coming back out. And I remember being told, don't go into that hospital because you're, you won't come out, you will die. Um, and that was actually quite true. I know we hear a lot of stories um, about, oh, you know, First Nation people and their uh, life expectancy. Um, we go into hospitals, it may not be a good outcome. I know that there's things that are slowly changing now, but back then, and even to some degree still now, our people have life expectancy and other, um, I guess, comorbidities and uh, quite significant. Um, so, yeah, I remember seeing my aunties and uncles going in and basically we were saying goodbye to them. Um, and, yeah, it was quite heartbreaking not seeing them come out. So I remember being under the tree and just crying with my family and uh, because we were never going to see them again. That stays with you. And how can I try, as a little boy, help my people, help my family, help my community? Even now, to be honest, uh, when I go into a hospital, I go into any medical uh, facility, I, I get that feeling of fear. Um, I get that feeling of when I was a little boy, um, you know, the smell gets me, everything about it gets me. And so it's, there's nothing that I, I love but I know that it's for the betterment of the community and for the people I serve. And um, so, you know, we all do things sometimes we don't absolutely love, but we do it because we know that we're here to make a difference. And, and I guess that's the purpose of why I became a doctor. 
Yes, purpose. It is a huge sense of purpose that puts Majad on his path to medicine, but it doesn't make the road feel any less impossible. My great grandmother um, and my and my grandmother uh, used to obviously teach me um, culture underneath the tree. They remember me playing with uh, mud and utensils, you know, sticks and everything. And uh, my great grandmother said um, that that boy is going to become a doctor. And that's where I think it started and stemmed from. Uh, obviously, you know, being that young, I didn't know what a doctor really was. And, uh, and moving forward, I guess, uh, being in, in the generation that I was, um, I didn't think achieving that, I guess, doctor status was at all possible because um, no one in my family actually even went to university. My mother and father only went to grade 10. And obviously, you know, my uh, pop and nana um, I only went to maybe grade five or grade seven. So I was actually, um, you know, eldest in my generation. So going through even getting to a high school was actually a massive achievement. As Majed's finishing high school, though, there's another big goal that feels like it's nearly in his grasp. The talented youngster is working towards a basketball career before injuries get in the way. But instead of mourning a failed dream, Majed takes hope from what can be achieved just by having a dream. I believe that I gave it all I could and it taught me really good um, traits in life um, like discipline and teamwork and honesty and um, loyalty, all those traits that you need um, to be able to accomplish a lot of things in life. And one thing that basketball gave me was a dream because I think sometimes we go to bed with our dreams and that can cause problems because dreams to me is what wakes you up early in the morning to go for a little bit later to read a book. All those traits that I learned from basketball, um, I basically said, well, my basketball career is finished now. Um, say I used to train six hours a day. Um, I said, I'm going to put six hours of study in every day now. So, um, and that's when I got into studies and obviously uh, my Bachelor of Human Movement Science at Central Queensland University was, was my real um, first test. And uh, with the great assistance of uh, my tutors, my uh, lecturers, um, I was able to get through pretty well. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for what um, all those individuals and what CHU done for me early in my career to be in this position if it wasn't uh, for that lovely period in my life. Pivoting basketball into his Bachelor of Human Movement Science at CQ University gives Majad a couple of important things. One is connection to extended family and friends from Mount Isa, as he spends the next three years studying in Rockhampton, more than 14 hours from his hometown. But even so far away, he keeps his family right there with him. So I had a picture of my whole family in front of me when I was studying, um, not only during CQ, but also during medicine. And when times got tough, I always remembered what my elders used to say. And it's, it's really easy to give up on yourself, but really, 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 really hard to give up on others. And so I used to have a picture of my family and um, Mount Heiser there. And uh, anytime I wanted to give up or walk away, I just looked at that and I said, I can't and I won't. Majed graduates from CQU in 2002. And he says that across his degree, plenty of lecturers and tutors see his passion and help back his purpose. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, I, I honestly believe I would not have graduated um, and I would have not become a doctor. So CQ allowed, put a lot of structures in place for me to be to be in the position I am. Um, for example, I did one assignment when I was in high school. Um, I didn't know how to reference properly. Uh, I learned everything from CQ. 
Um, and that got me through medicine. 20 years later, Marjad is Sikh University's Outstanding Alumnus of the Year for 2022. And in those two decades, he's achieved huge impact. After graduating as a rural generalist from James Cook University, he completes his internship in Ipswich. And it's in Ipswich, working in palliative care, that brings home the importance of First Nations understanding in medical practice. I had this uh, lovely, lovely, lovely consultant, Dr. Judith McInary. Um, oh, gee, she was such a beautiful woman. And there's a lot of beautiful women and, and people around her too in, in the palliative care ward. And they really showed me how things should be done in that space. And obviously being um, a one young leader boy, um, everything is important, especially the journey, but the beginning and end of life is crucial. And like, for example, dying on country that we hear, being First Nation of origin is super important. And I learned a lot in that space about how to do that with um, dignity, honour, respect. And that's where my passion for palliative care really came about. Marjad's First Nation traditions don't always sit neatly with his profession, though. In 2015, he goes back to Mount Isa, and some of the women elders ask him to extend his practice to pregnant women and new mothers. They came up to me and said, Marjad, we really want you to do obstetrics um, to help our mums and children, our kids and kids. And I said, I can't do it, I won't do it, and I don't want to do it. Because I remember listening to women business, you know, um, uh, behind a door. Next minute, my nana somehow, you know, uh, throws a bong boom ring and smacks me in the bum. Because we weren't allowed to do that as, as I guess, boys and as uh, upcoming young men uh, to listen to women business stuff. And, um, and, but I did obstetrics for those lovely women, um, my elders, and I did it for the community. And I think... Through that, it took about six to seven months for the women um, and the community to understand what I was doing from the blessing from the elders. But I think we really made a good difference um, in in a lot of uh, children's lives and families' lives. So that was actually probably one of the most um, scary but significant part I think I've played um, in the healthcare process, uh, whereby we're able to do things that I never thought that we could do and to hopefully make um yeah, family's life better. So from his decision to take the advice of those women elders, Marjad delivers culturally appropriate care for new mothers and babies. It also leads him to create a unique tool for diagnosing fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. The diagnostic system developed with researchers and other healthcare providers means local healthcare workers can assess a child for symptoms and provide support to families. Before the tool, families were waiting years to access specialists and get a diagnosis. And to support its rollout, Marjad even creates a Dreamtime story to explain the disorder and the process to help Indigenous families. Even outside of work, supporting families is a huge focus for Marjad. Well, number one, I love kids. Number two, I always felt like I was blessed more than what I should be, um, had opportunities more than what I needed. Um, and I wanted to give children op- an opportunity that, you know, that they deserve. Um, that's why I got into foster caring. And, and it wasn't an opportunity just for me. It was opportunity for the families. Um, so I became a foster carer not to 
um, have children and keep children and to, I, I got into foster caring to give time for the children to heal, to give time for the families to heal so the families and children can come back together. That's what my whole point of becoming a foster carer. And I think I was able to achieve that over a period. And, um, uh, but, you know, there, there, was, there was one um, case where, you know, a lovely family and child couldn't be reunited and then that child is um, now my daughter. Um, so, you know, she's with me and um, I love her like a daughter. Um, she is my daughter. And, um, you know, and we make sure we have great connection with the community. And that's why we became foster carers, to help the community, to serve the community um, and to um, hopefully allow children opportunities to be um, everything they want to be. Time and again, Majed sees the difference that his work can make to Indigenous people and how they approach healthcare providers. So when he thinks about closing the gap, the government-led initiative to improve health outcomes and life expectancy for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, well, Majed wants Indigenous people and Indigenous belief systems to be at the heart of how Australia achieves change. Oh, closing the gap, that's such a... Such a hard question to, to answer, to be honest, um, because I think that it's multifactorial and I don't think it's just about the government giving us um, stats that we have to improve on. I don't think it's just that simple and I don't think it's just about money and resources. I think it's about equality and equity um, to be able to move things forward. And, um, oh, look, the biggest thing for me for closing the gap if, I, if you had to ask me, Marjorie, tell me one thing that you think that can help close the gap, it's education and education on both sides. I think that sometimes we just don't know the information that we need to know to move this country forward. And, um, and so I think, uh, you know, non-First Nation people need to know First Nation people better. For example, First Nation ways is not a culture. And if you think, and if we continue just to say it's a culture, well, we're, we're at a significant disadvantage because culture changes, it's dynamic in nature, right? So we can change culture as much as we want to some degree, but it's actually a religion. So there's certain things that First Nation tribe need to do to make their gods happy, and the culture come from that. So if we don't do certain things, um, our gods aren't going to be happy, therefore, you know, their gods or the dream time won't bless them to move forward. So I think those sorts of things are really, really important. And I think understanding the whole First Nation ways is really, really important because would you walk into a church and um, and carry on and, and do things and break things and you most likely you wouldn't, right? If you take that same approach to First Nation, um, to the First Nation people and tribal areas, I think that will head us up in good stead because Basically, if you go into a First Nation country um, and you go fishing, that's actually stealing. Imagine if I walk into your house and don't ring the doorbell, don't knock on the door, and I walk in and I go into your fridge and I take food and I cook him up and I sit on your couch and I play, and I play with your pet and I, I watch your TV and then I leave the dirty stuff and I walk out. Would you be upset with me? If we abide by those principles that we abide by every day, respect manners, making sure we respect people, our own things, we're going to be okay. 
But we go into um, communities and we don't have that same respect or that same viewpoint or that same mannerism. And then we wonder why people don't come to our clinics. Oh, because you actually went onto the land, you actually, you know, um, hurt or you, you, you killed one of their pets. Um, you actually went into their fridge and stole all their food. Um, and then you want them to come in the clinic. But then, but then they don't come in the clinic and then you say, oh, they don't care about their health. No, they actually don't like you now because you stole their food and you killed their pet and you left a mess in their house and you didn't even ask to come in. At the front line of healthcare for our First Nations people, Majed knows that there's still too many funerals, too much disadvantage, too many young people never getting those opportunities they deserve. But he's still hopeful and grateful for all the blessings that come with life in this country. And Majid said his Christian faith and First Nation traditions keep him focused on what he can do to make a difference. I think it all comes down to where we're servants for people, we're servants for the community, and this is also in the First Nation um, ways. You know, we, we, we serve people, we serve our communities. And look, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, there's only two things that you're going to take to heaven or, you know, you might say two things you'll take to paradise or, or two things you're going to take to the next world. It's people and memories. And I want to make sure that I, I serve as many people as I can to be my best of ability and to make some really, really good memories. And um, if I can do that and be, in the, be a memory of someone who I've helped and uh, nurtured and to be able to achieve something or to get better from a sickness, that's a wonderful thing, I think. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what we all strive to do. Dr Majed Page there on why purpose always starts with people. And in the face of impossibility, it was people and purpose that saw Marjad become the first traditional owner to practice medicine on Kalkadoon lands in Mount Isa. He's currently the senior medical officer at Cambu Health in Ipswich. And for everything he's achieved, Marjad is CQ University's 2022 Outstanding Alumnus of the Year. To learn more about CQ University's healthcare pathways, visit cqu.edu.au slash health or search CQU Regional Medical Pathway to learn about CQ University's new program to train the next generation of doctors for Central Queensland and Wide Bay. You've been listening to How to Change a Life by CQ University Podcasts. Theme music is Wings by CQ University alumnus Tristan Barton. Check out more of his work at tristanbartonmusic.com. If How to Change Your Life has got you thinking about where you're headed, we'd love to hear. Follow CQ University across social media where you can see highlights from all our episodes and you can subscribe to How to Change Your Life wherever you get your podcasts to hear a new story fresh every Thursday. And for more inspiring people, stay in your podcast app where you can listen back to the first season of How to Change Your Life to hear life-changing stories from inside prison to business startups, on our beaches, in migrant communities, on dangerous long-haul truck routes and in our stressed-out construction industry. Next episode, when a first volunteer shift with St John's Ambulance ignites a lifelong passion. And I remember going home and I devoured that first day textbook. I, got, I read the entire book cover to cover overnight and it just clicked. I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Um, it makes sense and I enjoy it and I want to learn more about it. And since then, I've just kind of followed the dopamine. That's next week on How to Change a Life. 
Till then, stay safe and have a life-changing day. Bye.